good morning, everyone. Wow. Happy Easter to all of you. Isn't it a blessed day today? It's a great day to be in church, to uh, fellowship and worship with uh, our brothers and sisters in Christ. But it's so good to see each of you this morning. I'm so glad that you're here today. Are you happy? Good. I see a few smiles out there. Are you happy? Amen. God is good? All the time? Amen. I got a text early this morning. 2.17 a.m. What good can come at 2.17 a.m.? And it was from my daughter. I have a 15-year-old daughter. We have a 15-year-old daughter named Gabby. But then I realized... She's in Peru. She's five hours ahead of us. So I calculated and says, well, it's like 7.15, so it's not too bad. But she, wrote, she texted her mother and myself, and this is what she said. She said, Happy Easter. He has risen. I hope you guys have a great service today. Miss you guys going to the Amazon today. Going to, she went to Machu Picchu a couple of days ago, and today she's spending Easter Sunday on the Amazon. Can you believe that? But you know, as I thought about that, uh, we FaceTimed her later on uh, this morning, and I asked her, did you happen to go by any churches? If you see any type of religious activity, and she says, yeah, we drove by a couple of churches, and there was a lot of people outside some of the churches, and she said, I'm assuming they were worshiping, and they were celebrating Easter. And I told her, I said, Gabby, make sure you take a few moments today to just reflect on what Easter means to you. And so as I thought about that, my daughter's way over in Peru, my son is over in California, and we're here in Hawaii, but all around the world today, All around the world, there are millions, millions, maybe a billion people all around the world celebrating, gathering together like we are today, the greatest event in the history of the world, which is the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Can you say amen to that? The greatest event in the history of the world. He is risen. Oh, that was weak. He is risen. That's better. If you're visiting with us, uh, you know, this, uh, we, we talk in church. You can talk back to me. It's okay. My wife does that all the time. <laughs> no, but it's okay. We're going to have an interactive type of service, so it's okay to talk back to, back to the pastor. Just don't talk too much amongst yourselves, all right? But seriously, he is risen. Okay, I'm going to say it again, but this time, instead of saying it to me, turn to your neighbor and say he is risen indeed, all right? Turn to your neighbor. He is risen. Turn to your other neighbor. He is risen. Amen. Well, today, Easter Sunday, you know, it's, it's a, quite a contrast from last Friday, just a couple of days ago. Two days ago, those of, those of you who were here on Friday at our Good Friday service, it was a lot of different atmosphere. It was somber. It was quiet. It was reflective. We spent time reflecting on the suffering and death of Jesus Christ on the cross. And uh, you may be able to see this photo. This is a photo. We had a, we had a table right down here, and we had a, an old wooden cross on it. And we spent time reflecting, not just on the sacrifice of Jesus, 
but on our own shortcomings and our own failures. And we graphically symbolize it by, by actually nailing our sins to this old rugged cross that was set up right down here. It was a very moving experience for those of you that were here. But you see, on Friday, on Friday, death had triumphed. Evil had won the battle over good. The promised one, Jesus Christ, his body lay lifeless in the tomb. And you know what? I'm sure glad that that story didn't end there. You see, if it did, if that story ended on Friday, then we wouldn't be here today, would we? There would be no Easter resurrection service to attend. In fact, there would be no Christian churches at all in the world if Resurrection Sunday didn't happen. There would be no Salvation Army. There would be no no Croc Center. But it's Sunday morning, and I'm glad that it's here. Why? Because he is risen. He is risen. Amen. Turn to your Bibles. Let's look at what happened on that very first Easter Resurrection Sunday. And if you don't have your Bibles, we'll have it up here on the screen. But we're looking at Matthew chapter 28. Matthew 28, verses 1 through 10. And you know what? This, probably to most of you, this is a very familiar story. It's well known. You've heard it throughout the years. Some of you have probably heard this story since you were little kids going to Sunday school. But it's very familiar. But I want to challenge each of you today. Even though it's the same old story, the facts haven't changed. It's the same old story. But I'm going to challenge you today to allow God to help you see something new. To allow God to see something fresh in the story, in the Easter story. And to see something in that story that means something personally just to you today. So I want you to have your eyes open. I want you to have your ears and your heart open. And as I go through this passage, I want you to pay particular attention because there's going to be three, three simple phrases. And as you see it on the screen, they're underlined and they're in capital letters. But these three simple phrases that were that was spoken by the angels at the tomb and later, it was reiterated by Jesus, all in this passage in 10 simple verses. So let me read from Matthew chapter 28, starting with verse 1. And you can follow along on the screen if you don't have your Bibles. It says, After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. Now there was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rode back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. And then the angel said to the woman, Do not be afraid. That's the first phrase. Remember that. Do not be afraid. For I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen, just as he said. Come and see. That's the second phrase to remember. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples. There's the third phrase. Go quickly and tell his disciples. He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid. 
yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet. They came face to face with him. And what did they do? They worshipped him. And then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. There's that first phrase again. Do not be afraid. Go tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. Amen. This is the word of God. And we believe it to be true. You know, let's take a look. Let's take a little bit closer look at, the, at these verses. The first phrase I mentioned. What was the first phrase? Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Found in verse 5. Turn to your neighbor. I told you we were going to talk in this service. Turn to your neighbor and say, do not be afraid. Any of you afraid today? Fred sitting next to Bram, I bet he's afraid. Turn to your other neighbor and say, do not be afraid. Now obviously, the woman who came to the tomb were afraid. They didn't know what to expect. They certainly didn't expect to see the stone rolled away and an angel sitting on top of it. They were filled with fear. They were afraid. They were unsure. They were uncertain. They were filled with fear. Why? Because their friend, their master, their teacher, their rabbi had just been killed. He'd been crucified. And the angel must have sensed their fear and anxiety. And thus, the angel's words, do not be afraid. You know, our journey in life is not always easy, is it? Sometimes that journey is full of fear. Let me ask you this question this morning. I really want you to think about it. What is your greatest fear? What is your greatest fear? What really worries you and scares you? What do you lie awake at night thinking about? You know, fear comes in all sorts of shapes and sizes. It can sneak upon you unexpectedly like a terrorist. Or it can hang around like a, like a gloomy cloud. Fear can even make you ill, causing anxiety attacks and ulcers. Let me read you a quote from an article by Adam Hamilton in, in his church leader's blog. And you can see I've left, put the link up there if you want to copy it and take a look at the article yourself. But this is what he said. This is what he wrote. He says, in a recent survey of 2,400 churchgoers, that's churchgoers, that's people like you and like me, in a survey of 2,400 churchgoers, we found that 80%, 80% indicated that they lived with moderate to significant levels of fear. 80% of us. Now you would think, well, maybe it's because of the, the 24-hour news feeds that we get we watch the news on TV, our phones, we get alerts every time something goes on in the world. We see all the tragedies and disasters and all that taking place at a moment's notice. Where but he goes on in his article, and he says this, but many of our deepest fears have little to do with the evening news. Our survey showed that the fear of failure, the fear of failure ranked highest among those under 35 years of age. For some, the fear of failure is paralyzing. Second, he goes on, second on the list for young adults, 
was the fear of disappointing others or the fear of rejection, closely followed by the fear of leading meaningless lives. And then he goes on to the other side of the spectrum. He said, many baby boomers and, and older adults face financial fears. Will I have enough money to retire? It's one of my fears as I near retirement age. Baby boomers and older adults, they face fears of their health. The fear of losing people that they love to death. And though the top fear for these groups, he goes on, was a fear related to the future of our country. These are real fears that we experience every day. Now, I did my own informal survey of several people in our, in our church. And here's what some of them said when I asked, what is your greatest fear? And some said, well, there's the fear of losing my job and not being able to provide for my family. Others feared the thought of losing their faith, the fear that they won't go to heaven, or their kids or their loved ones wouldn't make it to heaven. Or there was a fear that they would die, perhaps, with, with lots of regrets. Some had the fear of not fitting in, of not being liked, or of not being loved. Some people had the fear of being lonely. Some feared getting old and aging and fear of the unknown, the uncertainty of the future. You see, fear touches all of us. Fear touches all of us in many different ways. Whew. Enough about fear. I fear I'm causing you to have more fear. So I'm going to stop talking about it. But the angel, the angel said in Matthew 28, said, do not be afraid. And then the Lord Jesus Christ reiterated that again to those same ladies that morning. He said, do not be afraid. Jesus knows exactly what you're going through. And he cares about you. So whether you're facing a terminal illness or or you've lost a loved one, whether you're getting bullied in school or perhaps bullied at work, or whether you have an, ad- an addiction that is constantly gnawing away at your body and playing games with your mind, or whether you're uncertain of what your future is, Jesus said, do not be afraid. I am with you. I am with you. You see, the message of Easter is a message of hope and promise. In a broken and hurting world, in a world filled with fear, Jesus, through his death and resurrection, brings light and life. Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 10, he said, I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. And he not only promises eternal life, but a life full of significance and purpose a life free from fear and anxiousness. Remember, one of the greatest fears of our young people is living a meaningless life. And yet, Jesus says, I can give you life, life more abundantly, life with significance and purpose and meaning. And then he says he also promises us. Because when we fear... What's absent from our lives when we are afraid is peace. It's peace, right? Our peace gets robbed when we're afraid of things. But Jesus also promises a peace, a peace 
that sometimes we can't fully understand or comprehend. It's a peace that passes all understanding. In Philippians it says it's a peace that passes all understanding. A peace that will guard our hearts and safeguard our minds in Christ Jesus. Jesus said in John chapter 16, verse 33, he says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. And he says, he continues on, in this world you will have trouble. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart. Why? Because I've overcome the world. He rose from the dead. He overcame the world. So whatever your fears, whatever your anxiety, whatever your anxious thoughts that you may be having, all the uncertainties of tomorrow, hear Jesus say to you today, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. I am with you. So turn to your neighbor again and say, do not be afraid. One more time to the other neighbor. Very good, very good. Now the second phrase, the second phrase in this, um, in this portion of scripture is found in verse six. And the angels told the ladies, come and see, come and see. Turn to your neighbor and say, come and see. Turn to the other and say, come and see. You know, a miracle had taken place. A miracle had taken place, and the angel invites the women to come into the tomb. It says, come and see for themselves that Jesus is no longer in the tomb. Last fall, Major Debbie and I had the opportunity to go to Israel, to the Holy Land, and we went into a tomb. It was the garden tomb, and it was very possible that that could have been the tomb where Jesus was laid. They're not certain for sure, but it's a very small place, and it's dark, and you have to kind of crouch down to get inside. But our guide, our guide would say, come on in. Come and see. Come inside and look. And see that the tomb is empty. So the angel said to the woman, come and see that the tomb is empty, that the Lord is no longer here. He invited them to come in. And he, we are invited to do the same as well. You see, Peter Marshall said this. He said, the stone... The stone in front of the tomb was rolled away from the door. And it wasn't to permit Christ to come out, but it was to enable the disciples to go in. You see, some of you, as I look around the room, some of you are here in our church for the first time today. Or maybe the first time in a long time. And perhaps someone has invited you to church today. And you said, okay, okay. I'll just come and see. Let me check out this church. Let me check out this church. With the church with the swimming pools. The church with the fitness club. The church with the gymnasium. I'm, I'm going to just come and check it out. Well, Bram can give you a tour later on of the Croc Center today. But what I want you to do today, before you leave this room, before you leave this room, is to come and see. Come and see the empty cross. Come and see the empty tomb. Come and see face to face with the resurrected Lord Jesus Christ. I invite you to come and take a look at Jesus. 
And I know that there are some of you who are seeking and some of you who are searching, looking for, looking for answers to life's questions, trying to figure out what life is all about. Maybe some of you are asking, what, what on earth am I here for? What is my purpose? What is the meaning of life? I invite you. I invite you to come and see. Come with your questions. Come with your doubts. Come with all your baggage. But just come, just as you are. It's okay. In Hawaii, we say, e como mai. It means welcome. It means you're welcome. Come on in. Come on in. And that's what the Word of God tells us this morning. E como mai. Come. Come and see. Come and meet Jesus face to face. But come with an open mind and with an open heart. I suppose some of you may be thinking, what's the big deal? What's the big deal about this this resurrection of Jesus? What's so important about that? How is something that took place more than 2,000 years ago, how can that be relevant today to me, to my life here in 2018? Is there anything about it that would make a difference in my life? I invite you. I invite you, if you're curious, I invite you to come and see the empty cross, the empty tomb, the empty grave cross, and come face to face with Jesus. But you see, you need to come and see for yourself. For yourself. You can't delegate it to someone else. You need to be a first-hand witness of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because God makes a personal invitation to each and every one of you. He says, he says, Billy, come and see that I love you with an everlasting love. He says, Jerry, now Jerry's not here. Jerry's in the hospital. But he's going to be listening to our podcast. So this is for Jerry, if you hear me, Jerry. Jerry, Jesus says, come and see That even though you're in the middle of a storm right now, even though if you're in the hospital, I will never leave you, nor forsake you. Kenyatta, come and see that if you confess your sins, I am faithful and just to forgive your sins and to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Serena, come and see that I have a beautiful purpose and a wonderful plan for your life. Lloyd, Come and see that the Lord is good. Amen? The Lord gives us our own personal invitation to come and see. You know, I've, I've been a follower of Christ for many years, as many of you are as well. But I still need to hear, and I still need to respond to God's invitation to come and see. Phil, Come and see that my mercies are new every morning. Phil, come and see that when you are tired and weary, that my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Phil, come and see that that my ways are not your ways. But no matter what you do, I will always abide with you and that my grace will always be sufficient for you. 
You see, the angels at the tomb told the woman to come and see with their own two eyes. You know, later on in the service, I'm going to give you an opportunity. I'm going to make the invitation for you to come and see and then to respond, to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and make a greater commitment to love him and to serve him. You see, my hope and my prayer for each of you today, whether you're far away from God or whether you've been walking closely with God for so many years, my prayer for you today is that you would leave, that you would leave here a different person than when you came in. That you would be in a better place. That you would have moved one step closer to Jesus in your personal relationship with him. So come and see and respond to his invitation. So turn to your neighbor and say, come and see. And again, come and see. You're doing well. We're in the home stretch. The third phrase. Anybody knows what that is? Go and tell. All right. Turn to your neighbor and say, go and tell. Once again, go and tell. <coughs> you guys are getting the hang of it. Verse 7. Once the woman saw that the tomb was empty and they realized that Jesus had risen from the dead, the angel told them to go quickly and tell the disciples. That word quickly is so important. Go. Yeah, okay. Tomorrow. Next week. When I get around to it. The angel said, go quickly. It means go right now and tell his disciples. And then in verse 9 and 10, as the woman run off to tell the disciples, they suddenly run into Jesus himself. And of course, when they come face to face with the risen Lord, their first response, it says, was they bowed down, clasped his feet, they worshiped him. When you come face to face with our Lord Jesus Christ, I hope that's your response. I don't think there's anything else we can do when we encounter Jesus face to face. We'll be so awed by his majesty, by his glory. He's the great I am. Some of you are wondering why we have these three letters up here. Because we're in the middle of a sermon series here. It's the, the I am statements of Jesus. I am the bread of life. I am the resurrection and the life. But here's the great I am. When you come into contact and face to face with the great I am, you can't help but fall on your knees and worship him. And this is what the ladies did when they encountered him. And then what does Jesus say right after that? He says, verse 10, do not be afraid. He says that again. Go and tell. He says, go and tell my brothers. You see, whenever you receive good news, when your life has been dramatically changed, you can't help but tell others the good news. You can't contain it. You have to share the good news because it's so exciting. And Jesus says, go and tell and do, do it quickly. We're going to try this little experiment, see if it works. If we can get the, the, uh, the next slide up on the screen. I'm going to give you my wife's cell phone number. It's right there. <laughs> so I'm going to give you permission to use your phone. Okay? It's okay in church. Some of you are already doing it, so that's great. 
But you know what? When we, when we say he is risen, we say he is risen indeed, right? So what I want you to do is look at that phone number and text my wife. He is risen indeed. <laughs> now to make it easier for you, instead of typing out the whole thing, just say H-I-R-I, he is risen indeed. And to, oh, she already got a text. We're going to see how many she can get in this next few seconds. In our first service, believe it or not, in five minutes, she got 120 texts, all saying he is risen indeed. So she has her, her, the microphone on her phone, and she has her volume on, so you can hear the thing clicking. So go ahead. You have prime permission. Use your cell phone. Text her. That's the number there. All right? It's going to keep on going. All right? But talk about going quickly and telling others the good news. You can keep texting her. Just don't play any games, Bram. But see how quickly, in just a matter of seconds, how you're able to send a message, how you're able to tell someone else the good news that he is risen indeed. But that's what we need to do. So I'm going to challenge you. You can stop texting my wife. (laughs) But I want you to text. You can do it now or you can do it later, probably later. Text five other people. Maybe you know some people you may know or you may not know or you work with them. Text them, he is risen. That's all you have to do. He is risen. You have more than five contacts on your phone, right? Just take five random people and text them and say, he is risen. Because what you're doing is you're going and you're telling. You're sharing the good news. And when we encounter Jesus Christ and when we come face to face with him, we can't contain it. We want to share that news to go and tell. You see, success in the church, in our church, shouldn't center around how many people are gathered here, but how many are sent out. That's a real test of a church. It's not how many people who gather here, but how many people are actually sent out to spread the good news, to make disciples of all nations. So as we've received the good news, let's not keep it to ourselves, but let's share it with someone who needs to hear it. Let's share it with the world who is dying to hear some good news. And as we are blessed, let's be a blessing to others. So turn to your neighbor and say, go and tell. One more time, go and tell. Amen. I'm going to ask Matt to come on up to the keyboard. And we're going to end our time together now. Thank you for being so patient. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes and just for a few moments of reflection. And as we looked at this passage this morning, a very familiar passage of Scripture, perhaps something stood out for you. Remember the three phrases. Do not be afraid. Is there something in your life that you're afraid of? Jesus said, I have come that you might have life, life more abundantly, not just a life that barely survives, barely gets by, but life abundantly. 
a life that's thriving the name of Jesus. And in order to do that, we need to dispel all of the fears. We need to have a sense of peace within our own hearts. And that peace only comes from God. It's a peace that passes all understanding. So maybe there's something that you need to give up to the Lord. And place those fears, whatever they may be, they may be very real, but put them in the hands of Jesus. And then we said, come and see. Perhaps some of you are searching in life, not sure of what's going on, not sure where do I fit in the whole grand scheme of things. What on earth am I here for? Jesus says, come and see. And I'll show you. I'll show you. I'll give you meaning and purpose and significance. I value you. You are my child. And perhaps there's some of us here this morning that we have the good news, but we're a little bit shy about sharing it. But if the Lord is alive and well and working miracles in my life, why would not I want to share it with other people? So wherever you are on the spectrum, I pray that you allow God to speak to your heart, that you would put your faith and trust in him, that his promises are true. Why? Because he conquered death. He did the impossible. And he did it for you and he did it for me. I said earlier that I'm going to extend an invitation. And so if there's any of you here who don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, as your personal Savior, remember, it's a personal invitation. I want to give you that opportunity. And with no one looking around, if you would like to receive Jesus into your heart, just, just slip up your hand, slip it down. If you're sincere in your heart, God bless you. Amen. Amen. We're going to pray a prayer. And I want you to repeat it after me. But make sure you're sincere and you really mean it. Because God hears the prayer of a sincere heart. And as I repeat the words, I'm, in fact, I'm going to ask the whole church, all of you, to repeat the same words after me. Because that will help encourage our brothers and sisters that are searching and that are seeking. It might even help you in your own relationship with the Lord. Just to repeat these words and mean them from your heart. So just repeat after me and we'll do it together as a church, as a body of believers this morning. Let's pray. Dear, dear Lord Jesus, I believe you died for my sins on the cross. I believe that you rose again after being in the tomb for three days. And I believe you're alive right now. I ask you to forgive all of my sins and give me a brand new life. I believe that I was made by you to live for you. Help me to live for you from this day forward. Thank you that because I am trusting in you, 
I have the promise of a future in heaven and of an abundant life here on earth. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And if you've prayed that prayer with a sincere heart, if you've asked Jesus to come in and cleanse your heart from sin, what does it say? Now we go and tell. Tell someone else. Come and talk to us to say, yes, I made this decision. We'd like to pray for you. We'd like to help you. We'd like to encourage you in your walk and in your relationship with Jesus Christ. So let's pray together as we conclude. Our Heavenly Father, this morning we've just been reminded again of your great love for us, your great plan, the sacrifice of your Son Jesus on the cross, and his glorious resurrection. He was victorious over sin and suffering and death itself. And because of that, Father, we can claim all the promises that you have promised us in your word. And so, Lord, I pray for every family that is here this morning. I pray that you would draw us closer to one another. Help us, Lord, to focus on you and seek you and your kingdom and your righteousness first in our lives. And then everything else will fall into place. Thank you, Lord, that we can come together with our brothers and sisters in Christ and rejoice and celebrate. and That we can welcome others to become part of our family as well. And so we welcome them and thank you, Lord, for them. I pray, Father, that you would continue to bless us this day, even as we remember and as we continue to celebrate the resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ. He is risen. He is risen indeed. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you.